Welcome to Game Talk Radio. Your hosts, Greg and Jen, bringing you their take on this week's hottest gaming news. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg. I'm Jen. And this is episode seven. 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 Still in single digits for now. Yep. And, uh, you know... A lot of times we talk about news and things and that happening uh, at timing. We always talk about the perfect timing. Well, this week we have really bad timing. Totally. So BlizzCon starts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it's going to go tomorrow and Saturday. And apparently there's rumors they could announce either a new Diablo or a new class for Diablo 3. Ooh. So there's some really cool, awesome information there that we won't have for you until next week. Sorry. So anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's just move right into it because we have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about again this week. And you know, I'm always staying positive. <laughs> trying to stay positive. Trying. I love staying positive. And I, this first story makes me so happy. <laughs> it makes me so happy. So uh, I believe I'm pronouncing this right. Uwe Boll. Uwe Boll. Uwe Boll is a German movie director who you all might know who made the big steaming piles of dung that were Blood Rain and In the Name of the King and uh, so many other bad movies. Far Cry. Um, Bloverella. Bloverella. <laughs> and so this dude, this guy basically made the worst video game movies ever known to man. This guy made most of them. Yeah. He has decided, Uwe, Mr. Bull himself, Mr. Bull himself. has re- decided to retire from movie making. Yes. Hallelujah. Can we get just Amen. a round of applause? Oh my goodness, Uwe. But his reasoning is kind of funny. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I heard that he would get out of it, and I was just so ecstatic about that, I didn't even read into it further. <laughs> he says, uh, the market is dead, and you don't make any mov- money on movies anymore. And a very interesting statistic that he had dropped, that the DVD and Blu- ma- Blu-ray market is the lowest it's has dropped 80% in Eight? the last three years. What is he talking about? I don't know. He says he can't afford to make movies. <laughs> he didn't pay for movies to begin with. This guy is like the ultimate just scam artist. You know, <laughs> he he basically was manipulating German law that was it was there was like there was like Germany was trying to build its movie industry. So they started offering all these grants and stuff to movie makers and he got a whole bunch of those to make his piles of crap. Um well and I I can't even forget the most important one House of the Dead. House of the Dead is uh, was like his first movie that the oh. first video game movie that he did, and it's just an an utter pile. And uh, I went and saw it in the theater. Oh, I went and saw it in the theater. It was awful. I went and saw In the Name of the King, uh, in the theater. Which funny story? I walked up to the counter because that movie is based off a video game license from a video game called Dungeon Siege. Okay. And Dungeon Siege had a was pretty big for a while. You know, it was probably the early two thousands, mid two thousands. It was really big for a while, and so someone bought the movie rights and so Uwe Boll directs this movie so I go to the theater and I walk up to the counter this is a great story I walk up to the counter and I say I want one ticket to Dungeon Siege please (laughs) and she just blankly stares at me like I'm an idiot crickets chirp and so I I get in really close and I go I want one ticket in the name of the king a Dungeon Siege tale because that's the full title of the movie (laughs) is in the name of the king a Dungeon Siege tale starring Burt Reynolds. What? Matthew Lillard. Oh, God. Okay, Ray Liotta is in this movie. Mm. Uh, and it's the worst acting I've ever seen him oh, do. No. So I, I actually am kind of confused, but I, I honestly think he was drunk the whole time. Might have And been. then uh, Jason Statham. Ooh, Jason the transporter Statham. himself. The transporter's in this movie. So anyway, I, I do actually say it was one of the more fun experiences I've ever had, though, because the, the gang and I went out. So it was me, Jared, Austin... Uh, Dom was there, and I'm sure I'm missing some of the people that went to, uh, but we went and we watched this movie, and it was awful, but we made fun of it the whole time, like straight up Mystery Science Theater. We were just slamming this movie, and it was just a riot, and so I actually have very good memories of going to see the movie, even though the movie itself was really bad, and then he also made, uh, we talked about that um, House of the Dead was a movie, he made Far Cry, he made a movie called Postal, he made all these uh, movies based off of games that were very, very obscure. And so anyway, I just thought it was great because he just decided to hang it up. Yeah, he said that the movie industry is not worth it anymore. You don't make any money. The DVD and Blu-ray market worldwide has dropped 80% in the last three years. I don't... 
I don't know where he got that statistic. <laughs> and I guess it could be accurate. Like, do you think he's going to his local Best Buy in Germany and he's like, oh man, Blu-ray sales are down 80% from last year. Or something. Well, that but, doesn't sound like him at all. But I would, I would, it was really funny too, <laughs> because this guy's all kinds of crazy. So he also had a thing where I want to say there was something he did a contest where you could review his movie. If, if you did something, you could get in the ring with him. Like, cause he's like an amateur boxer, oh, and so like you could pay him like to to kickstart one of his movies or to crowdfund one of his movies, and if you got in the ring with him, you basically could get in the ring with him for like two rounds or something. And yes, now the yeah. idea was that he was gonna, I think in his head he was gonna beat the crap out of people that wanted to beat the crap out of him, but nobody I don't think even took him up on the offer. Or I remember something like they took him up on the offer, and then he backed out. I think it was really a really big guy or something said he would do. I don't know. It's something the guy the guy kind of weasel out of it basically. So well, he he has decided he's never doing Kickstarter ever again. Uh, a while ago, about a year ago, after having several failed campaigns on Kickstarter, Indiegogo, for Rampage Three, they failed miserably, and he posted this video on YouTube telling people to go blankety blank themselves. Yeah, that that that's that's what we just call a straight up rant. Like he just went to town on, like he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand any of it, and it's kind of hilarious to me. Like I'm glad he's getting out of it, and even I'm sure he'll come back later. He'll be bad, but I'm just so surprised at how big his like he was big for a while. He was big enough where he got a movie. He got a Hollywood movie with a bunch of people in it, you know, and the name of the king was was funded well enough, you know, and it had big names in it. I mean, it was just a garbage script and it was just poorly directed and it was like a Lord of the Rings ripoff. It was just awful in in a million different ways. But, you know, it's over. It's over. And it's funny because I, I sent this article when I first read this, I sent it to Jared on Facebook and he just said, you know, he was making a joke as we often do. And he's like, it's too late. The damage has been done. <laughs> and, and I looked at him and I said, but we need to gather our strength because Assassin's Creed comes out next month. <laughs> and that's the next video game movie that is probably going to disappoint us as it now has been announced that it's PG-13 for a game series that's always been rated mature. Oh, you know, they're sure. Gonna try to, they're going to try to pigeonhole it into a PG-13 movie and it's probably not going to be very good and as much as I like Michael Fassbender quite a bit. I'm totally going to go see the movie. Hopefully I'll have a review for you guys so you don't have to go see it. If it's bad, or I can tell you to go see it if it's good, but it's not great. And so that leads into the next thing we wanted to talk about, which was there was more word on the Uncharted movie. So yes. the, the Uncharted movie's been being kicked around Hollywood for quite a while, and then all of a sudden it was really quickly that Mark Wahlberg was attached to the project to star in it. Which he doesn't look Ugh. like. Ugh. He, he just does not look like a Nick Drake. I... Uh, yeah, he's certainly no Nathan Drake, that's for Or sure. Nathan Drake. I'm certainly sorry. no Nathan Drake. Nick Drake is totally different. <laughs> his brother, Nick Drake. His no, twin he's brother, like, Nick. No, he's like a singer. Oh. Or was, I think. Is he? Yeah. Okay, is that like Drake Drake? Is Nick Drake? No, is that, no, no. His name is Nick Drake. Oh, okay, cool. Well, anyway, he's no... Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake. And, and, and there was, you know, petitions signed and people online were really excited to get someone like Nathan Fillion in there because I think he would make a perfect, perfect. Nathan Drake. Perfect. And, uh, you know, so, but, but the last thing we'd heard was that Mark Wahlberg fell off the project. I think they changed directors again. They lost a director. They lost like three directors. And so the project was essentially dead. And then just the other day, we see an article that talks about that it's, it's being rewritten and you're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm cool with that. I mean, like, you know, it, it's definitely one of the few video games that could act, could be done really well. You just have to give it like a, an Indiana Jones type feel or well, like, like that kind of adventure movie, you know, really good, like National Treasure kind of like adventure movie. They're trying to really get away from Indiana Jones because I think that they're afraid of people either not seeing it or not wanting to see it because it's going to be, whoa, just rip off Indiana Jones. Yeah, which, which, which I totally could see. But if you play see. the video game, you realize it's not anything... Well, the I last, mean, there's similarities, but... The last Indiana Jones movie wasn't any good anyway. No. So, it, it, you know, who cares? And the Tomb Raider movies weren't very good, so you might as well have a movie that's that idea, but just done right, like Last Crusade or like uh, Na like National Treasure. I'm not a Nick Cage fan at all, but I do like the original National Treasure. I thought I it was just too. a fun movie. It was just a fun... It was an adventure movie. It it's, a summer, it's a summer adventure movie. You know, it's not like... It's, it's not going to win any, like epic awards for amazing acting it's just a fun summer action movie you know and that's what uncharted needs to be but this article what really bothered me about this was i think it's the writer right is that who said it carnahan yeah the joe carnahan joe carnahan so he sat down with collider and he said that one of the things he's worried about is that or he compared it to Zack snyder's watchman which one i love that movie very much it's a very good movie and two, it was co-written by David Hayter, who's the voice of Solid Snake. 
So you best not be talking trash about a movie with Solid Snake in it. But no. I really, but, but all joking aside, I love the Watchmen comic and I love the Watchmen movie. But I understand what he's saying about what happened with the Watchmen movies. They felt it was too close to the source material that the movie suffered because it was trying to be too close. And I actually said that. When I watched Watchmen, I remember leaving the theater and thinking to myself, a lot of people aren't going to like this movie because it's a, it's the closest comic book adaptation to a movie we'll ever get. That's very true. I, I have seen Watchmen, and I did not enjoy it because I did not read the comics. So for me, I was like, who's this blue guy? Why why is this happening? Yeah, and I were, don't understand. Yeah, and there were like people trying thinking it was an action movie, and you had stuff like, what would have come out around that time? I guess like... Like, Dark Knight was around that time, I guess. Maybe after that. I'm trying to remember when Watchmen even came out. 2009. Okay, so yeah, like, Dark Knight was coming out, and, like, you had superhero movies, like, Iron Man and stuff had been coming out. So you were expecting that. And then you get Watchmen, and you're like, oh, well, this isn't that much action, but it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be a really, like... And I loved Zack Snyder's vision of it, too. I thought it was really good. So I don't criticize him for saying that, but what I don't like is that he's saying that they need to keep Uncharted far away farther away from the source material so it doesn't end up like Watchmen. And I just don't mm-hmm. think that's the same thing because Watchmen wasn't written as a comic to be like an action thing. So you can't make an action movie out of it. You know, Uncharted was made as an action game, so you could make an action movie out of it and it would fit. But I liked what you were saying earlier when we talked about this mm-hmm. about you could have an original story within within the timeline within, with within the universe. You could just take, you know, maybe it's before you know, the first watch, the Watchmen, the first Uncharted game, and he meets new people, and you have him and Sully just going on some kind of epic adventure. It doesn't have to be looking for El Dorado or, you know, anything like that. So, yeah, I, I think it could totally work, but, you know, I surprisingly, we went and saw the Warcraft movie, and we actually really liked it. I was not expecting to, and I really liked it. And so some, some most video game movies just totally miss the mark. And I, I, Uncharted seems to be one of the ones that should really do well. But I was singing the same thing about Assassin's Creed until I saw where they took it. And now when I see where they took it, I don't even really want to watch it. I'm just, this is the things I do for you fans. Like the guys <laughs> listening to this, like this is what I do for you guys. I watch crappy movies and I play crappy games so that you don't have to. You want to know what's funny? Do you know who wanted to direct the Warcraft movie? Who wanted to direct it? Uwe Ball. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Back in 2008, I kid you not, in 2008, he approached Blizzard and said that he uh. wanted to make a Warcraft movie. <laughs> but here's the best part. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Tell me that they kicked him out. Did they drag him out? Did security just kick him out? Oh, yes. They Basically, I'm trying to find the quote, but essentially they said, yeah, you're... We're not. We're not going to sell the rights to you, especially not you. <laughs> so, so they didn't just say, "Oh well, hey, thanks for the offer, but we're going to pass." They're like, you know, we don't want to sell the movie rights to anyone, but especially not to you. Yes, nice. Exactly. Is, is there any chance that, that was Chris Metzen who said that? Because that would be amazing. It actually is a quote from Bowl himself. Oh, so that's so what Uve said that they told him. Yes. <laughs> And, and that's why he oh, was never, never allowed to, to make that. And and I thought that was kind of funny. And I'm glad that you brought up the Warcraft movie. But, I, uh, that, that's great. That yeah. is, <laughs> that's fantastic. Here, here's the quote. Uh, Blizzard Entertainment who said, We will not sell the movie rights, not to you, especially not to you. <laughs> Bull commented, because it's such a big online game success, maybe a bad movie would destroy that ongoing income what the company has with it. So he even said himself, I would make this into a really bad movie. <laughs> he's like, he's like, okay, I'm going to be real with you guys for a minute. It's this gonna movie, be I'm gonna, I would make this movie and it would suck and I don't want to hurt your profits, so let's not do it. No. Um, wow. He, he's delusional too. Like, he, he really thinks a lot of his movies were good and he thought they were good ideas and they're all bad. Like, they're all bad. There's there's just great. It's just bad. But I don't at the even same know how to describe time, him. he almost doesn't take himself seriously. As I mentioned earlier when we were talking about him, that he made Blubberella, which was a shot-for-shot remake of a movie he had already made. So he spoofed his own movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which... Oh, jeez. <laughs> shot-for-shot remake. <laughs> And what's that movie called? Blubberella. Blubber. 
I don't, I don't, okay, can you, can you go into a little bit, not a lot of detail, but can I just have a little bit of background on this movie, like, tell me a little bit about it? The, the movie itself is about this, um, large lady. Okay. Who wants to kill Hitler, but instead of killing Hitler. Noble cause. Uh, inadvertently creates, makes him immortal, which then, you know, there's like these immortal SS officers running all over the place, and so it kind of backfires oh, on oh her. No. But apparently, like... Oh, dang it. They, they have... It's like the whole thing is a shot-for-shot remake of another movie that he created, but just with a larger woman in in the lead role. <laughs> that <laughs> That's funny and sad all at the same time, equally. But going back to... Um, going back to the Uncharted movie, I would be really excited for this. I think Nathan Drake is a very likable protagonist. Sully is a very likable protagonist as well, and sidekick. I would really like to know more about their relationship and how they got together and, you know, doing what they do with the treasure and all sure. that. And you know who would be perfect to play Sully? Tell me. Bruce Campbell. Yes! Bruce, Ca- Bruce Campbell could be Sully. Oh my gosh, he'd he, be a great He kind of played that character a little bit in the show Burn Notice when he was on it. Like, he kind of played the older ex, you know, ex-CIA or whatever he was in that in that show. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, Bruce Campbell, gray him up great. a little bit. And we said Nathan Fillion as Nathan Nathan Drake. Fillion and Bruce Campbell but, together for the Uncharted movie just... Nathan Let me Fillion. direct it. Let me well, direct it. Nathan Fillion might be getting a little too old nah, to play that role. He, he's got that chin. It's like a, it's like chiseled. I think you yeah. could find a younger version or a younger, young actor. You know who they'd get for that? Hmm. Ryan Gosling. That's who they'd pick because he's got this young face, but he, he can't act his way out of a paper bag. No, I knew. We will <laughs> have some words if they pick, you know, pick him. Well, they put him in the new Blade Runner movie, you know? He's not. He's almost. Oh. Nathan Fillion is, I bet. Is he? Probably. He's he's not as young. He's not as young Sprite Chicken. No, certainly not. So yeah, so that's that's Uwe Boll is doing us all a favor and retiring from making movies. Yes, and <laughs> so let's be thankful. Let's all have a have a moment of silence for <laughs> his horrible movies being buried forever. Nah. Nah, yeah. <laughs> let's nah. pass. Pass on the moment of silence. Alright, our next story is that on Steam, the Deluxe Call of Duty game, which costs about a hundred bucks is actually beating the original price of just the base game for 59 Yeah, so the game doesn't come out till Friday, so they must be counting pre-orders or something. They must. Because I was thinking about this. So what they're saying is that there's a deluxe version of Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, which includes the game, the remaster of Call of Duty 4, which is the whole reason everyone's buying the game, and then the season pass for 100 bucks, and it's beating the original price of 59.99. So they're getting more sales on the Super Mega Deluxe Edition, which is almost twice as expensive as the original. And this is frustrating to me. So DLC has kind of turned into this unbelievable monster. You know, it used to be an idea that, you know, we were adding content later to keep you playing those games. It would keep you from selling your games because we were going to keep giving you more content. Mm-hmm. And now it's become something that they plan out in advance. And it's so annoying and it's so frustrating. And I hate season passes because I just feel like how can you pay money up front for promises of content later? It just doesn't feel right to me. You know, it, right. ju- it just it just doesn't feel right. I'm kind of in the boat where I, I think that if you buy the game, that should give you some sort of free downloadable content because you're already making, you're you're not sacrificing, but you're gambling on, is this game going to even be any good? And when you buy a season pass up right. front, you don't know if you're going to hate playing this game unless you've played a game that's a lot like it or have played previous iterations or prequels to this the game that you're going to be playing sure and, and it's funny because the only time i ever bought a season pass was for borderlands 2 and i loved the first borderlands so much and i played all the dlc and i loved it me and mike played all the way through it we got i platinum trophy it's the only platinum trophy i have on ps4 or ps3 excuse me and uh and then so when the sequel was coming out i'm like of course i'll buy the season pass because i'm gonna play it never played the dlc for it and I didn't even really like Borderlands 2. Me and Joe tried playing it a couple times, and me and Adam even tried playing it a couple times. It just didn't work out. I just was, for some reason, I couldn't get into it. So it was just wasted money. But what's frustrating, I was already frustrated with this game because what they did was, in the $80 edition of the game, they include Call of Duty 4 Remaster. 
So they basically took arguably the best Call of Duty game that they made. Not that Activision made it. It was in you know Infinity Ward, which is no longer around. Those guys make Titanfall now. They re- they made a new company called Respawn Entertainment. They work for EA, but you know arguably that's the best game. And so they were already only selling that piece of the the game we all wanted to play in the eighty dollar version. Yes. So they made you pay sixty dollars for a game you didn't want, and then twenty dollars for the game you did want, so you could play the twenty dollar game you wanted to play. Well, and I think the people that are opting to buy the hundred dollar version of this that includes the season pass is because well you could spend 80 bucks and then add on 50 bucks for the season pass separately it's like okay well i'm just gonna save my money i'm gonna save 30 bucks and get the season pass for essentially 20 yeah yeah and 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 the season pass will cost you more money later if you don't buy it right away in this bundle so Mm -hmm. it's it's like it's a fiscally intelligent idea to buy this thing all at once. If you were going to If gonna you were going to for sure buy all the DLC. But I think it's just a bad practice that we as, as customers and fans have to stop buying into. And because then it starts to get out of control, right? I feel like this is borderline out of control. Like the, the idea of taking a $20 downloadable game that you could have sold separately for $20, but chose not to because you knew nobody would buy your other game for $60, so you forced us to buy it. So to me, we're like we're like teetering on 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 the edge of decency. <laughs> then we go into to piggyback onto that story. We start talking about Watch Dogs Two. So Watch Dogs Two, uh, I played the first Watch Dogs. I thought it was cool, but I remember saying to myself, I think if they do a sequel to this game, it'll be really great. I just kind of had this feeling like once they work all the bugs out and, and refine the engine, kind of like Assassin's Creed. The first Assassin's Creed's kind of it's not a bad game, but it's missing. And Assassin's Creed 2 was the perfect sequel. Did everything right. It was just a better game in every way. Story was better. The mechanics were better. Everything was better. And so Watch Dogs 2 I was pretty excited for. And then we're reading about that. And Watch Dogs 2 is going to have a $40 season pass. Hmm. What, what, What downloadable content can you add to a game that practically makes it cost as much as the sequel was going to cost? So, so, so are you telling me that in all the DLC for Watch Dogs 2, there's basically going to be Watch Dogs 3 amount of content in there? It, yeah, right? it doesn't seem like that's it, It's case. so bad. Like $40. I don't know what Ubisoft's thinking with this, and I know they're going to get people to buy it. And, I, oh, man, it's so annoying. I, I don't know. It, it's so frustrating. It's so hard to stay positive with stuff like this because I just feel like they're hosing us, you know, and, and what, what can we do if we want to play the games we love? You know, we can boycott it with our wallets and not buy it. And then we'll get to enjoy what we want. You know, like, I wish there was a way where we could communicate better. And I guess maybe not buying DLC or not buying season passes would do that. Um, well, when they package man, it up all nice and pretty, like with Watch Dogs 2, they're going to offer a $99 gold edition, which includes the DLC. Which is what they did with Assassin's Creed, so that makes sense. Although, I think that was $80. Like, the DLC was only 20 bucks for Assassin's Creed Syndicate, I think. So, now we're going to $40? Yes, it does seem like a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. That's the most I think I've ever seen for a season pass, I think. Un- un- unless I'm just... I mean, I don't buy any season passes, so I could be wrong on that. But I'm pretty sure that's the most expensive the one I've ever seen and then you know piggybacking on that you know there was some articles coming out about um, the director of Final Fantasy 15 there was a little bit of backlash I guess with Final Fantasy 15 where people were saying well there's no female characters to play in the game you only play as male characters how dare they and it's kind of like the the bro team like you watched them in the car like it's just guys hanging out you know like that's kind of where they're taking the story it's kind of the you know these guys run adventure whatever right well so then he goes well if there's enough interest We'd, we'd consider having a female character as downloadable content later. Huh. Wait, what? Well, gee, thanks for thinking of us. So, one, it's not planned to be in the game, which is probably not true. It probably is planned to be in the game, and this guy's just playing coy. Or, two, it's not in the game, and you'd actually listen to fans and then put something in but then charge us for it? Oh, yeah, man, it, it just feels just offensive. And he also made a comment about how they might add multiplayer, like a multiplayer mode, later as DLC. And now, to be fair, they didn't say they would charge for it. But what what are we talking about now? So so now all they do is they ship half finished games, you know, and then expect you to buy more later. But that's fine if I'm only paying thirty or forty dollars for the game. But we're not, you know, we're paying sixty dollars. Like like Metal Gear was unfinished. Metal Gear Solid Five, in my opinion, was unfinished. You know, they rushed it to get it out, and it they wrapped it up in a bow, but it was unfinished. And then you've got, you know, games like uh, Asura's Wrath on PS3, which is a really fun game, and I like it a lot. 
But if you don't buy the DLC, that's essentially the real ending of the game. You just don't get to see it if you don't buy the DLC. Like, there's an ending, there's an ending, but it's kind of a cliffhanger ending, and then you buy the DLC. It's like, what? What is happening? Even, even like, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, when it came out, if you bought the collector's edition right away, you got the code for two extra characters. But if you didn't, you had to buy those characters later. It's like, come on. I mean, like, so now, and the Street Fighter V did the same thing. I mean, oh, it's, it's, it's really painful. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy that they're that they're doing that. Like you said, the the half done, or hey, we're, like they're planning for it. I mean, the season pass for Watch Dogs Two includes three major downloadable content packs. So they've already decided that those things aren't going into the game. They, for whatever reason, need longer to finish them, or they just are trying to squeeze a little bit more cash yeah. out of people it's it's like nowadays is the wild west of video games where the industry is not that old so there's all these companies basically taking advantage of us until they figure out what we won't go for and if you probably don't remember this but like years ago probably about five years ago five six seven eight years five six seven years ago there was something called online passes mm -hmm. so what a game company would do is you'd buy a game new and you had a, a DLC code inside, and if you, you if you wanted to play that game online, you had to redeem that DLC code to download a token to be able to play online. So okay. if you bought that game used, you could not play it online. Oh. So it was their way to try to combat used games, and what they realized was what they were doing is they were hindering their paying customers. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, both Ubisoft and EA were like, nope, we're stopping season passes, we're done with it, sorry. We won't do it anymore. You mean online passes? Online passes. Sorry, okay. not season passes. Online passes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, oh, almost overnight, it was like, oh, it's done. It's over. Okay, thank you. Because as as consumers, we, we kicked back against that. And that's kind of what we need to do with these season passes is we need to stop buying them. We need to wait to buy DLC until they give us a reason to buy it. They show us how deep it is. They show us how good it is. We wait for reviews to come out. Just like a game, you know? Like, And not that I'm saying you shouldn't pre-order because pre-ordering is essentially like risk-free because you'll get your money back if you don't if you cancel a pre-order once you buy a season pass you're stuck with it there's no returns on it there's no anything so you could buy a season pass for watchdogs they could cancel the last two dlcs they had planned because the game didn't sell enough and they didn't want to put resources into it and you'd still have to pay you still paid 40 bucks for oh, one dlc that's bull. yeah and there's and there's there's no there's no policing that because right in their contracts it says this is a digital good we don't have to even follow the rules like it's it's all whatever so it's just frustrating because they're taking advantage of us, you know, and, but as consumers, we have the power, but we just have to be able to say, Hey, am I willing to not buy this game when it comes out to make a point? And that's tough. That's really tough to do. It is, especially when you feel like you may be the only person that isn't doing it to try and prove a point and you're yeah. just one person in the cog. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing too, is you can do it. And then all the people, you know, are not doing it and so yeah. you're just the only one not playing the game like you're the nerd again like when like you know like when you were a kid and you're like like no one liked you and you're a big dork and like you know no sorry that was me when i was a kid <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know but but that's you know you, you don't want to be the only one not playing it and then all your friends are you know ribbing you and they're like oh well, hey man sure. you played the new game it, it was awesome it's the like, fear yeah. of missing out which yeah. is a very it's a very prevalent problem especially in the social media world where if you miss out on something there's there's that fear there's that apprehension and anxiety of missing things and it's not good it's not a good feeling no and it's you know with games and and look at this like spoiler spoiler ridden world that we live in like you can't go anywhere without having something spoiled um you can't go anywhere without having something spoiled like, like I, the, and I don't watch Walking Dead and I'm not going to put any spoilers on here, but like there was the season premiere or whatever last Sunday and a, was it last or two Sunday, whatever it was. And like some main characters were supposedly going to die. And like the night after it came out, like two hours after it was out, you were, I'm just scrolling through Facebook and I read the comic. So I know it was going to happen anyway, but I started seeing like people put up gifs already of like the scene where the people that died, died. And you're like, yeah. so I'm just scrolling through Facebook. If I had tried to avoid this spoiler, I literally couldn't have. I was going and I saw it. And I was like, well, what the heck is this? You are know? you talking about the video that was on my friend's feed? I where it so. was like the reaction video of the guy yeah, was yeah, like yeah. watching it and it cut to his face and he was all horrified yeah. and like, no, no, no. And he's just re overreacting about it. And reaction videos, I, you know, I just have to say, I don't get it. I don't get I'm it. I'm not going to say they're wrong. I'm not going to say mm. the people who like them are wrong. I'm just going to say I don't get how someone 
watches something else, and then people want to watch someone's watching of it. I don't get that. I don't. I don't, I don't know, right? It's, is it's it, that. It's that whole idea of where you know you show somebody. Like I had a friend who did this, where he would purposely show you a video that he knew would make you uncomfortable just to see you squirm and mm-hmm. be uncomfortable. And for him, that was hilarious. <laughs> well, now, I used to, like, I, I, I've share a lot less on Facebook than I used to because now I can just tell you all the weird stuff that I would normally share on there and I can be <laughs> normal on the internet. And, but so many people, when I share, like, a weird customer story or something or a weird retail story, then they will, you know, like, they're all like, oh, I love your stories. Everyone always tells me, I love your stories. Oh, man, they're so funny. I love, I love, sometimes I, I follow you on Facebook just to hear your stories. And I'm like, uh, oh. okay, well, that's kind of weird I don't know. <laughs> like you know to me it's it's strange because the stories are meant to be funny but they're not meant to be I don't know well whatever but anyway that was just my little mini rant about uh reaction videos and I thought about it because um and, and again a lot of people listen to this probably aren't fans but I if you don't know I'm a huge Metallica fan so like like forever I mean since I was in like eighth grade it, I mean it's just my favorite band of all time and it always will be and I understand that people don't like them totally cool if you guys don't like them no problem not telling you you have to like them because I like them. I'm just saying they're my favorite. And they, they're coming out with a new album this month. And they released a new song this week called Atlas Rise, which is really awesome. And I really love it. And the first thing I'm looking on YouTube to listen to it, and on the right sidebar, there's like 10 reaction videos to oh, the song. Geez. And each reaction video has like 30 or 40,000 views. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, and, and I watched one of them just because I was my morbid curiosity got the better of me. And I watch it. And it's painful. It's like, it's got a little bit of the audio in the background because they can't play the real song because their channel will get shut down. So then like they're playing start of the video and then he's like listening to it. And then the guy's like headbanging. He's like, he's making this weird goofy face. I'm like, and it's got 30,000 views. Yeah, I I don't don't get get that. I don't get it. I, well, you know, well, people might know, not know that I do not like YouTube celebrities as a general rule. I just, I don't care for them. I think that they're famous for not really doing a whole lot. Well, I think, I mean, <laughs> it depends me, who they are. There, there's, well, real, there's real content creators, and then there's reaction video people. So, that, and yeah. that's what I mean. Like, the great majority, and maybe I shouldn't say YouTube celebrities, maybe people who are trying too hard to be YouTube there you celebrities. Go. I like that. It makes Let me better. say it that way, because you're right. There's a lot of really good content on YouTube, and you can learn a ton of stuff by watching YouTube videos. I am one of those people. I watch, I have watched a lot of YouTube how-to videos, tutorials, and, and it's great. But where I was, what I was trying to say was that it's more those people who don't provide any substance. Reaction videos don't give you any substance. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I, I agree. And you're a big book reader. I am not, but I'm a big game player and a big movie watcher. So I like stories. I, I was never a big reality TV fan. You know, no, I, used, I hate reality I TV. used to watch, like, way back there, like, I'd watch Real World. Cause that was cool. It's edgy and cool. Was it? It was. It was. It was fun. It was fun. Watch people fight and get you know drunk and stuff. But but now like all these. But then reality TV got really big and TV shows started realizing they could make fake reality shows really cheap. So that's all that we watch on TV now is fake reality shows. You know. And, and those and cooking shows are real. The cooking shows are fun. Like Chopped, we watch those and like they're competitions. Those yeah. are fun. I, I think those are great. But you know, like reality shows, like you know. Uh, the real X, X, X-Men X-Men like, oh, and, yeah it's like like they follow around lumberjacks in Alaska what? or something it's so dumb oh. it's so dumb and there's like ice road truckers and Gross. you know and crab dangerous crab catchers or crab whatever. people are they crab people <laughs> probably do they walk like men <laughs> talk like people no they walk like crabs, crabs. talk like people damn. god you ruined it god, god damn that's, that's okay Anyway, You're still pretty great. So anyway. yeah. So anyway, let's let's get off of that rant for a bit, and let's move on to the main story. Well, the main so. story, which was going to be our main story. This, no, actually, I read this. So that's okay. I'm prepared. I'm prepared for this. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm totally prepared for this. Okay. Well, uh, there was a rumor to suggest that the Wii U was going to end its production this week. Yeah, multiple sources have confirmed to many sites that it's going to happen, but Nintendo has come out and said it's not true. Right. Which is exactly what that company should do, because they're going into the holiday season, and they still want to have some Wii U's and some software sold for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Really, like, okay, so let's talk about what this really is. So when they say that the Wii U is halting production, here's what it means. It means that they have a warehouse full of Wii U's, and that they're no longer physically making them anymore. Okay. Because they've got a warehouse full. They don't yeah. need to. This is very similar to what happened with the Sega Dreamcast after a couple years of being out. I remember Sega made this announcement. 
and you know something like hey you know we're, we're stopping production on the dreamcast because we've got a warehouse full of like 500,000 or something like that and that was what they figured they'd sell the rest of the life of the system which wasn't great you know I'm not trying to say the Dreamcast would have been successful if this hadn't happened but so then what happens is all of a sudden the rumor starts flying around that Sega's going out of business oh literally people were coming to the store and saying not my store this was back when I worked at software etc in in Wausau way back in the day and uh and people come and be like I heard Sega's going out of business I'm like no they're not actually they're, <laughs> they're about to become very successful by getting out of the hardware market I said they've halted production of the Dreamcast but they're even still making Dreamcast games for another year after that mm-hmm. and in Japan the Dreamcast was still strong for five to six years after that oh. so it, it was it was really it, it was just that they decided to physically stop the warehouse that was building them from building them anymore because mm-hmm. they had a bunch so this is what's going to happen whether this is true or not this is what's going to happen when nintendo quote-unquote halts production of the wii u is they halt production the wii u is no longer manufactured what is on hand in warehouses and in stores will be all that you see and then that will be it now that's standard operating procedure Right. So when it's yeah, I mean that's just what happens when you have a new system coming out, you discontinue the old one. Like it's not that's not news to anybody. What is more horrifying is the numbers we were looking at of yeah. uh, of systems sold, which we'll get into in a minute. But like, it's what happens. The PS2 now the PS2 is an interesting example because the PS2 is one of the, if not the most, I'm pretty sure it's the most. It sold the most home copies. I mean, I want to say it's like 142 million. Or something, and the Wii U sold like 101 million, and the Wii U sold a buttload, and the PS2 actually outsold the Wii U, the the regular Wii, excuse me. So the PS2, they didn't discount production of the PS2 until like 2010, I think. <laughs> it came out in 2001. Yeah. The PS3 came out in 2006, <laughs> and in 2010 they finally discontinued the PS2. It might even have been later than that because it was still selling. They could still yeah. move brand new units to stores. So like, why discontinue so it? So many games for it. It's and there's so many games, and it's it was cheap at the end. You know, I think it was like you could get new ones for a hundred bucks, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and the PS3 was at that time, you know, just hitting three hundred dollars uh, price point. So you know, so they discontinued that. You know, the Xbox 360 when they started making Xbox Ones, they discontinued the 360. You know, like they don't they don't make new 360s anymore. Like they don't have, I mean, they have a warehouse full of the ones they produced and they ship those still, but it's just kind of funny. So anyway, so that's not really the story. I think it's, and I'm not, I'm not even mad at Nintendo for going like for bucking that story because they have one holiday left to sell the Wii U. Yeah. They, they don't want to mark it down. They want to sell it at full price before the switch comes out and they don't want to discount it until they've got a new system on the market and they still have games they want to sell and they still, have, they have a Christmas season that they want to get money on. So, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't blame Nintendo for denying it, but it's most likely true. And it should be, because that's just kind of how it works. Now, to the really sad part about the story. This this is what, like, the numbers is what mm-hmm. is really, really telling to me. So, I don't know. Do you want to read them, or do you want me to go through I them? think you looked that up. I don't okay. have that information. Oh, I thought this was pretty. Okay, sorry. I thought that's why you were flipping through it. So, nope. okay. So, they were comparing it to the sales of other Nintendo systems. So, the GameCube sold... Oh, no, I'm totally spacing on the number. I want to say the GameCube sold, like, 30 million, which is a very respectable number. Do you want me to look it up? Mm, that's okay. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. And then, like the 64 had sold like 23 million, and the Wii, the original Wii, sold 101 million, mm-hmm. and the Wii U sold 13 million. That's so sad. 13 million. What a shame. And what's really sad is the Wii U's not a bad console. It's actually really fun to play. I wish that it was better, and I wish it had more games. It's actually really, really fun, but. They completely missed the mark. They released it a year early before PS4 and Xbox One, so you missed the hardcore gamer who wanted HD graphics and the best graphics and gameplay you could offer in a modern-day system. You missed that. And then you totally overshot your casual crowd, which made the Wii so successful. The Wii, the Wii sold so well because people who were not traditional gamers got into playing it. So you had moms and grandmas and little kids playing games that hadn't been playing games before. Mm-hmm. That's and, and I still sell a ton of Wii's at the store because it's just it's just a great system to have as like a complimentary system. You put it up at the cabin or you do something. Yeah, it's a good it's a good group. Yeah, console. it's a good party system. Plenty of stuff to play in there, it's fun. You can play, you know, your Mario Party or, you know, your Wii Sports and all of that. But Here's the thing, and we talked about we've talked about this before, about how the marketing and how they marketed the Wii U was very confusing. Yes. Where 
it was a long time before I realized that it was a completely different console that had a gamepad. I thought it was some sort of extension of your existing Wii. Yeah, it was, the way they announced it was horrible. So I remember watching the announcement, and Reggie fils comes on TV, and he's like, welcome to the Wii U. And he shows you the gamepad, you know, the tablet controller, and he's like, look at this. It's got this, touch screen, and a button. You can play on the on the TV or switch it to the gamepad. And you're like, watch this. You're going, wow, okay, it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm down with that. And then that's like the end of the presentation. And I remember, and this is me, okay? So this is somebody who is just knee-deep in this game stuff all day, every day. And I looked at it and I said, wait a minute. So is it an extension to the regular Wii? Like, is it just a gamepad that you attach to the Wii for extra? What is it? Like, and Does then, the like, game go in the yeah. gamepad? Or? And I, I want to say it was, like, a day later. He came and he said, no, it's its own console. And then they showed us the box, you know, mm-hmm. which looked very similar to a Wii, a little bit longer, a little bit bigger. But you're looking at it, you're like, oh, so it's just a whole new console. That was the worst announcement of a whole new console I've ever seen yeah. because they didn't make it seem like a new console. And then, of course, you've got the naming. The naming you know, didn't help. The naming doesn't help at all. And I understand why they wanted to keep the Wii name because there was a lot of equity in that name. The Wii brand had a lot of equity, had a lot of power. But call it like the Super Wii. The Super Wii would have been perfect. The Super Wii would have been perfect. And so you, so it's it's you're telling a story, you're saying this is a better version of the Wii. Even something like the Wii Ultra or Wii, t- I mean something yeah. something like that. You know it's which just... which Wii U? I mean, like, you could just call it the Wii Ultra. I, I don't know, yeah. you know, well, and, and, and that's not even that, that great of a name. But It's kind of like, hey, Super Nintendo, remember that? Yeah. Remember that? The, the Nintendo <laughs> Entertainment System, then you had the Super Nintendo, then you had the Nintendo 64, like, they still kept the Nintendo brand, but then with this one, they switched from calling it the Nintendo Wii to the Wii, because Wii had built its brand, mm-hmm. and then they decided, instead of calling it the Nintendo something, it was just the Wii U. And then people were confused, as people people often become, and they didn't get it. And when people don't get it, they won't buy it. And that's no. just and, and that's I, yeah. I think that's what happened. It, it's it's a shame. Whoever did the marketing or was in charge of the marketing did not do a good job. It was a whiff. That was just a big miss. And because I mean, it wasn't. And I'm not talking like it took me a long time to realize that it was a completely separate console. I thought it was just the gamepad. So yeah, yeah, and and so then you've got that, and and it, I'm not normally a fan of the uh, literal naming of things. So like you had the Nintendo DS, which was a Nintendo dual screen. Oh, I mean, is at that least, what that stood for? Yeah, at least they oh. call at least they call it the <laughs> DS though. Like they didn't call it the Nintendo dual screen. You know, they called it the Nintendo DS, and then it was the Nintendo 3DS, which was like okay, well that's a that's a snappy name. That's a good name. I'm not knocking the name. It. But then you've got like the Nintendo Switch. And so, like, they made it, they switch because, hey, like, you switch from TV to the handheld, you switch. Well, at least you know it's, it's a different console. Well, they're treating us like we're imbeciles. You know, like, like oh, oh, thankfully you call the Nintendo Switch because I know the Switch switches, you know. But I, I get it. It's a marketing shtick, you know, like, I get it. But they have all those naming issues with the the 3DS XL. Then they have the, the new, new 3DS oh, XL. What a terrible name. And then, and then so, so check this out. So on the Wii and the Wii U, on the Wii, they made a game called the new Super Mario Brothers. Yep. So people call the store and like, hey, do you have Super Mario Brothers for the Wii? I'm like, oh, are you looking for the new Super Mario Brothers? No, it's been out for a couple years. Ah, uh, that's well, frustrating. And then I have to, yeah, then I have to explain, no, no, it's not new, like new, new, but like new, new, you dig? And then they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, uh-huh. okay, cool. Um, but then on the Wii U, they had the new Super Mario Brothers U. Oh, great. Oh, my goodness. It's just, and you know, it's just, they've had so many misses in their marketing, which is really strange because Nintendo's not known for that. Like, everything else seems to make sense. Even the GameCube, like, again, a literal name. Like, it's, it's a, a video cube. game machine, and it's a cube, so it's a GameCube, hey, you know? It's, it's one of the you greatest know, I systems. Mean, but look at the PlayStation. It's a PlayStation. It's a station you play games on. So, yeah. like, they're not, you know, so I'm not I'm not knocking Nintendo for this, and it's kind of widespread, but I'm just, I'm just trying to say I'm not normally a fan of the literal, like, spell it out for me. It's like... Like the slap chop, you know? The slap yeah. the slap chop, you slap it, and it chops your vegetables. Like, okay, it's like, yes, the square peg goes in the square hole. The round uh-huh. peg goes in the Like, we're not but, dumb, you know? But, like you said, if people don't understand and it's not dummy-proof, they're not going to buy it. Yeah, that is true. So, you know what a slap chop is. If they called it the veggie veggie chopper 1000 like i mean yeah okay maybe that would be better maybe that's not even the worst name you could just call it the the veg the veg wow <laughs> they could just call it a knife i don't know no it's not a knife it's, <laughs> it's a whole thing you can chop your vegetables with ease greg it's, it's, oh, it, you know 
you have to always market to the lowest common denominator. And I understand that, you know, like they're, they're trying to cast a wide net and get a bunch of customers, but yeah, that one, I, that no, one's, I think, I that think one's rough. That, that probably they did a whole postmortem about why the Wii U didn't do as well as they thought. And it was because there was confusion. So they're like the next system that we, we create, we're going to call it something that nobody can possibly misinterpret. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if, if we talked about this last week, I don't remember, but I feel like I'm sticking up for Nintendo a lot lately, and I'm normally <laughs> yeah, one of their staunchest critics, but I feel like I've just been deflecting, like, BS things left and right, you know, and, and I got an email from Nate, you know, we're chatting more about the Switch, uh, because some, some specs came out, some possible specs about we, the, we the Switch. About um, I think we talked about that they were going to release specs in January, oh, did they? but there was actually someone who came out with, like, possible specs of what it is. Now, again, it's rumors until we know for sure. But even the specs, I look at it, and on paper, you could say, oh, that's half the power of a PS4. This thing's going to be junk. But that's not how it works. I don't know. I, I'm so, that's I not feel, how any of this works. Yeah, that's not how this works. <laughs> I just feel like I'm on the defensive for Nintendo, and uh, like I don't know how that happened. You know, I feel like like Nintendo's on the side of the road, and they're just like, like he, okay, Please, so, so Nintendo's on the side of the road. He's got torn clothes. He stole an apple from a local a local apple cart because he just wanted to eat. Aww. Okay? So I walk by, and I'm like, you know... Nintendo, you stole a, a, a loaf of bread from me last week, but, you know, I'm, I don't like you very much, but, I mean, these people are beating you up in the street, so I'm, like, running over there and like, hey, leave Nintendo alone, but everyone's then started kicking me, and I'm like, I don't understand what's happening, because I'm not normally a defender of Nintendo, but... So are you, just, you essentially comparing I'm the Nintendo to Jean the, Valjean of Les Miserables? <laughs> is, is that a thing? I don't... Sure! I'll tell you sure. later about Jean uh, Valjean. All, all I know is that I'm the bread maker and Nintendo stole from an apple cart. That was... I kind of missed, I think, on that analogy. I might have missed. I was shooting for the skies and something really cool I think I well, missed on it's, that. Well, it's like a little... Like a kid getting bullied by a bunch of people and you go and stick up for the bullies and you get beat up instead. Well, kind of, but it also has to be that the kid's someone who I don't like. So, like, maybe it's the smelly kid or something, and I'm not, like, friends with him at all, and I, I call him smelly all the time because he's smelly, but then <laughs> a, a bunch of other people are, like, making fun of him for a different reason that's not true. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, like smelly kid comes to school, and I'm like, hey, smelly, and he's like, hey, that's not very nice. I'm like, okay, sorry. And so I walk away, and then later people come to him like, hey, you're really dumb. And like, well, he's not dumb, he's just smelly. You know? <laughs> if you're going to make fun of him for something, make fun of him for being smelly? Is that right? Are we just totally off the rails at this I point? Know, I Maybe. You're slowly like wheeling your chair away from me here. Um, I don't know what you're talking I'm, I'm about. I'm way out in left field here. Okay, so no, I but, I see what you're talking about. I mean, you're fielding abuse that's getting directed at Nintendo, yeah. but you. I mean, maybe it is a little bit of a of a, not a confidence, but a little bit of nostalgia, a little bit of, hey, you know, they gave me lots of enjoyment and entertainment over the years, and you don't know what this new system's going to be like, so leave Nintendo, leave Britney alone. <laughs> well, here's what I believe in. I just believe in being honest about everything. I, I don't, I hate hypocrisy. I hate it more than most things, and I hate dishonesty. So if, if you're gonna, you know, things that, like, like, there's certain things you can call Nintendo out for doing, but if it's not true or if it's just a rumor or something, like, how can we, like, don't attack them for that. Attack them for the, the, uh, go all day on them about the Wii U, about it being a bad idea and that it missed the mark. Like, that's okay. Because there's but actual to, data. Yeah, to start dogging on the Switch when we've got possible leaked specs and all this other stuff, it just kind of makes me feel like we're better than that, you know? Like, like as customers, we're, we're, we're more educated than that. And, and I hope the people listening are. And, and I want people to, to think and be like, no, we're smarter than that. Like, we're, we're a better core of customer than that. And we'll make, we'll call it out when it does something wrong, but we're not just going to blindly hate it just because it's the flavor of the month thing to hate right now. And I know for me, it's because the Switch is actually exactly what I wanted, mm -hmm. but for a lot of people, it's not. And so I don't blame people that don't like it what based on the announcement. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't, actually, I don't know. Did you want another GameCube, which was just basically the PS2 and Xbox, but just with Nintendo's games on it? Because that didn't do very well either. You know, or do you want to make, like, another system that's equal power to a PS4, so now you have three machines that are exactly the same thing? I don't want that. I like the Nintendo being the odd man in the room mm -hmm. because I like having my PS4 and then having the Nintendo as a nice change of pace. Sure. You know, because if it's all the same, like, I don't play my Xbox One ever because it's the same as my PS4, essentially, so I don't really need to play it 
for a different... It's the same experience, just different games here and there. So. And a lot of... Yeah, you're right. A lot of games that you can play on the PlayStation are the same ones that you can play on an Xbox. But for the, for the most, most part, part, you can't really play those games on a Wii or a Nintendo console. Right, which, which people will also give you a hard time because they don't get enough third-party support. It's like, yeah, but... Third-party support just means you have the same exact games that are on every other console, too. So they don't need strong third-party support. They need strong first-party support, but they just need a lot more of it. And that was the problem with the Wii U. Not even this year, but last year, when the Wii U was still in, quote-unquote, full swing, mm -hmm. they released, like, four games all year. You know, Nintendo... And then one of them was just a remake of a Wii game. I mean, it was it was bad, and I'm sorry. I hate to say that, like, but that's something we can call Nintendo for. It's something legit. But anyway, so this might be just that final, like sayonara to the wii u you know it's just mm -hmm. let's let's push it off the shore and then queue up fire queue up the bow and just uh. shoot that flaming arrow and send them home Yikes. let's send the wii u home to the consoles that never should have been hey but it'll, it'll always be on my shelf I'll, I'll keep it i like my wii u I, I think it was a neat idea and i thought everything was ergonomically really comfortable the gamepad was comfortable the pro controllers were awkward because that second analog was up where the buttons normally are, so you had like mm. two analogs up here instead of down sure. here. But I had a problem with the gamepad. I thought it was too big. It is big though, and I have I have huge mitts. So like for me it was perfect. You got but paws. I got these monster paws. But you have, you know, smaller hands. So But yeah, so so you know, even though Nintendo's saying it's not true, we know it is and if even if it's not true, it's gonna be true next year. Yeah. So I just I salute the Wii U, and I say sayonara, old friend. I, I feel like I hardly knew you. Soya. Soya. <laughs> All right. All right, that concludes our, our top stories. That's it for the stories. So let's do a couple listener questions. Okay, awesome. I've got, we actually have two from Rick. Okay. Um, so let's do the first one, which is, where do each of you stand on the question of whether games are art? Hmm, do you want to go first? Yes. Excellent. I think a lot of games could be considered beautiful from an artistic perspective. Whether or not it's an art form, I think you could make that argument. Because a lot of it is, I mean, it's really on how you define art. Mm -hmm. Yes. Art is can be anything that's creative, in my opinion. You know, my chicken scratch, or the painting that I do, or the things that I make in bead art. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that to me is art. It's any form of expression. And for these people who create games and gameplay and game experiences, I definitely think you can consider that art. But some are more beautiful than others. Some are more artistic than others, I should say. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying about um, art being defined, you know, beauty in the eye of the beholder, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, uh, yeah. so it really depends what you want to call it. I, I mean, video games are something we've never seen before. They are a hybrid art form. So they are a form of entertainment that contain art and contain storytelling. Like, would you consider a book art? Like you say, it's let, a creative see. expression. Okay. See, and I would agree with that. But like, is if you wouldn't consider a book art or a movie art, mm -hmm. then a video game can't be art. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but if, because if you only consider art to be like a visual representation of emotion on canvas, you know, or on anything concrete or a building, or whatever, then that'd be art. Then you could argue, well, are animations art because they're just a whole bunch of pictures being shown in a row mm -hmm. to give you the yeah. illusion of motion, right? So personally. Uh, I don't really think they're art, I guess. I, I guess to me what they are is that they are, they are a creative, they are a creative hybrid of interactive media. So there we go. We get two, two different opinions. I say it's art. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it all comes down to your definition of art, but my definition, definition of art is typically like, I, I guess I don't consider music art. I consider oh, music, see, I but, but like, it's weird to say that though, cause I love music and I appreciate it. I guess I consider music music. So I don't know, like, you know, I don't know. It's actually, that's a really tough question. I, I, I feel like if I say it's not art, I'm wrong. Like when I say that out no, loud, it sounds I, wrong. It's but. really whatever you, it, it's kind of like when somebody asks you if something that you're seeing is obscene or is profane. Sure. There, there was a, uh, I think it was a chief justice who did some sort of a ruling or judgment on whether or not something was offensive or profane. I think it had to do with nudity. And the general quote that he said was, you know, I can't define it, but when I see it, I know. 
Mm-hmm. So I think you can kind of adjust that to say, you know, I don't, I can't really define art, but when I see it, I know what it is. And that's different for yeah. everybody, I think. Well, and, and that's what's kind of cool about it, is it sparks conversation. I just think it's so different because it's interactive. Mm-hmm. So when you interact with it, it's different, but I think it's a hybrid form of art. You know, we almost have to come up with a new word for it because it's not art in the traditional sense. When we were doing that VR and I watched that short of Alumet, 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 I think Alumet, yep. Alumet, I would consider that a form of art. It was, it was beautiful and it was, yes, it was interactive because it was VR, but it, it felt yeah. so artistic to me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes art, we, 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 we label art as things that evoke emotion. Yes. So, you know, so anything that invokes emotion, if you consider that art, then absolutely mm-hmm. games are art because, I mean, so many games tug at the heartstrings. Yes. You know, so many good stories out there, so many good... Um, well, they make you feel something. Yeah. They make you feel angry, they make you feel happy or sad. Exactly. Or... Anything that makes you feel something mm-hmm. is, is always fun for me, and whether it's a book... Like Ready Player One, that just had this sense of mysticism and just awesomeness to it, and uh, or even you know that uh, the console wars that that made me just feel so cool, like I was reliving a time period that mm-hmm. I, I wasn't able to see that then, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah. So I guess I would say, I mean, I guess we're technically saying yes. But I'm I, definitely <laughs> saying yes. You're saying it depends on how you define art, but I think we both agree that it. If you consider art to be something that evokes some kind of emotional response, hmm. then yes, video games can cool. be considered art. All right? Cool. I'm down. Sounds I'm down great. down to it. Okay. Greg, this is to you. All right. Does owning a game store ever dampen your desire to play games on your free time since you spend so much time pricing, arranging, discussing, etc. games on the job? Uh, sometimes. (laughs) So I I really love what I do. Clearly, I've said a million times. And I love playing games at home, too. But there are times when I feel like I've talked about them all day. We do this podcast now. Uh, There was a time when I made games that were bad. Yes. And then... (laughs) then, That's what you said. Yep. yep. And, uh, yes. So I would say yes. Um, It does affect it a little bit. Because sometimes you just want to come home. Like, I've, I've had... I'll have periods where I'll go I'll come home and this actually hasn't been lately but like there were times where I would come home and I would go to family video and rent like five movies because I wanted to get caught up on movies because when I was playing games I wasn't watching movies so then for like a week or two straight I would like watch two new movies a night and get all caught up in all these great movies I wanted to see and then I'd go back to playing games again mm-hmm. right now we're playing World of Warcraft again yeah which consumes all game time a the only downside it, yeah. to the game is that it's the only game I play so that's a little bit different because that's more of like getting to chore time now for me. Like I have to play certain things like to get caught up and to do certain things to keep up in the game. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, but for the most part, I do play a lot still at home. And as long as it's something I get to play that I want to play for a reason. Like sometimes people come in the store and like they're like I've helped a few people that are stuck on a game or something. And they'll be like, hey, if I bring in my PS2 and my memory card, will you help me get past? Oh, my. Yeah, and, and I'll say, okay, sure, I'll try. And these are a lot of times these are games I haven't played in a very long time. or I haven't. And most recently, it was Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks. And uh, Dom and, and I were there, so we were playing through it. And that would be one thing I will admit. Playing games when you don't want to is more stressful. Sure. So, like, that's not a game that I felt like playing again. And I was playing it, and I was trying to help them out, and I was getting frustrated, and it was giving me a headache. Mm-hmm. So, so there's little things like that, but no, I, yeah, I, it definitely does. It definitely does affect me playing games, but I get plenty of game time. <laughs> it, well, I mean, it's it kind of similar it. for me because I spend the majority of my day on a computer. But yep. when I come home, I usually putter around on my laptop for some of that time. So I yep. mean, I I can see that too. Obviously, I don't work with video games, but. Well, I, I just lo- I just love the industry, and I love I love knowing ev- a lot of things and most things about the industry I love. So for me, it's all about soaking up knowledge and information. So I'm always trying to soak up more. Mm-hmm. So I never really get sick of that. No, but there are certainly some nights where I'll come home and just want to watch some DVR shows instead of um, playing games. But I guess that's because balance. You know, you want to balance. It's balance. Yeah. You know, variety is the spice of life, as they say. 
That's it. That's it. That's, That's it for it. questions. Okay, we'll bank some more. If you guys had a question that you haven't heard yet on the podcast, we are banking a bunch because we don't want to take up all the time with it. So, uh, But that was it. So as always, you can message us um, you know, on the Game Trade Facebook page or the Game Talk Radio Facebook page. On you, Twitter? You can tweet at Game Talk Jen yeah. or at Game Trade Greg. Or at Game Talk Radio. Any of those will get mm-hmm. to me. Uh, I'm not too Hollywood for you guys yet. <laughs> and you can always email uh, email us at GameTradeLLC at gmail.com or at GameTalkRadioWI at gmail.com. Yeah. And whatever you want. Or just, you know, call the store and talk to me. It's cool. Stop in the store sometime. Tell me if you guys listen to it. It's kind of fun to interact with you guys about it. You Clearly, we know we're not listened to by thousands upon millions of people or anything. No. So we just do it for fun, as always. And uh, we appreciate you listening. I'm Thanks. Greg. I'm Jen. And we'll see you next episode. Bye.